Welcome to week three, everyone. This is Tom on the Club Reeks podcast, joined by my co-host, Tim. Hey, everybody. So today we're going to break down our fantasy sleepers and busts for the major positions, much like we did for last week. But before we get into that, we're going to go into where we were right and where we were wrong for last week. So I'll kick it off. Uh, Where we were right was Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk had a huge game week one, and I actually had Christian Kirk as my bust wide receiver pick for last week. He had three catches, 65 yards, no touchdown. Not a terrible game in full point PPR. That's nine, nine and a half points. But in a game where 36 passes were thrown, to only have three receptions is pretty crazy. Another point on this game is even with the 36 passes thrown, DeAndre Hopkins was targeted only four times. How is that possible? That is pretty crazy, actually. Because they realized that they had to explore more different options. That's why you got to see more Rondell Moore last week. And A.J. Green put up some numbers as well. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins even put up good numbers. It was mainly Rondell Moore that was leading that team in receiving. Yeah, I know. Look, you're targeted four times. You can only put up so many numbers, but you have a number one guy, highest paid receiver in the league, ready to to eat. You got to feed him, and four times that's kind of unacceptable from Kyler's standpoint. No, absolutely. This guy is your number one guy, but you're seeing now Kyler Murray throw it around more often. Not only Rondell Moore got it receptions but also the tight end max williams he had seven targets in that game got like 70 yards in that game as well yeah and max williams you know former high pick by the ravens uh maybe it's his time to step up but who knows uh here i also have kirk cousins kirk cousins had a solid game 244 yards three touchdowns a 122.4 quarterback rating He's been pretty good this year overall, as far as fantasy goes. Yeah, he's definitely been. I feel like he is a top 10 fantasy quarterback right now, for sure. He is putting up the good numbers. He's doing. He's not making any dumb mistakes right now. He's doing good touchdown passes to his guys. This is what you want out of a fantasy quarterback. Yep, and I think that we're going to cover Cousins you know, in our next episode when we're going over the matchups of the week. But the final one that I have, right, we were kind of right on Baker. Baker had 213 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Not great numbers again from him. Uh, He plays a tough defense this week in Chicago, but he has Odell back. I don't know if I see a bounce back, but he's been a little disappointing so far. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't mainly a passing team. That team was more mainly on the rushing game. Especially now that you had OBJ out for a while. Now Jarvis Landry is back on the on the IR. But hopefully you get OBJ back and you could produce a little bit more passing game there for Cleveland. Yep. And we obviously expected Cleveland to move over the Texans pretty easily, but it didn't work out like that. They were the Texans were in the game for pretty much the whole game, even with Davis Mills in there. It was kind of though pulling away once Davis Mills got in that game. Yep. What do you have over there, Tim? 
All right, the ones that I was correct on, I had Robbie Anderson as the bust last week, which kind of was true. Last week, he had three receptions for 38 yards. In a PPR, that's six point points. That's like, eh, not really what you want out of a, like a number two or a number three wideout. Yeah, you suspect him to put up 10 points. You would think the Darnold-Robbie Anderson connection would be working there. So far, it hasn't been that great. He has four receptions in the year. That's not good numbers in the first two weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and we saw on Thursday night he didn't have a great game there either. He's very touchdown reliant. He's very big play reliant. And it doesn't seem like Darnold is a big play guy. No, he, he hasn't really done that. He's been more the short to mid-range throws right now. But it's working right now for Panthers, so I can't really complain about that as much. Yeah, I mean it's hard to it's hard to say three and zero isn't working, right? Yeah. Uh, all right, my next one I was correct on is Noah Fant was a sleeper last week, and that was correct on that. He put up four receptions for thirty three yards, and he had a touchdown. So in a non PPR, that's like almost ten points there. In a PPR league, that's about 13 points, I would say. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I would say that that's more fringe, Tim. Like, it's not really right. It's not really wrong. I definitely expect him to have more yards and more receptions. I would say, though, that's a top 10 tight end points, I would say. Yeah, I I guess. I, I guess he was in the top 10 for tight end points. But I certainly was disappointed in the fact that he only had four receptions, to be honest. Just from what I expected was going to happen in the game, I was a little surprised. The touchdown helped. Otherwise, I would say it was a wrong pick. Yeah, sure. touchdowns always, always good. Um, and one more thing that I was correct on. I was correct on the Barkley bust. Like, he had that 41-yard rush at yep. one point, and that was a good one. I like that if you're a Barkley owner, you like to see him put up to that. But that's all he really did. He only had like 20 more yards after that. He didn't put up great numbers or anything like that. Yeah, look, I I kind of got on you for the pick because it's like you, you took Barkley probably in the first round, early second round. It's tough to bench a guy that you're taking that high that's regarded as one of the top running backs in football. He obviously does not look the same from his injury. And I, it's it's tough right now. For Barkley owners, you have to be really concerned. Honestly, this is the game where I see Barkley actually go, have a good game. All right, Tim, we're going to get to that when we go to our, our picks for the week, Tim. Right. Um, where we were wrong, I have two picks here that I was pretty wrong about. Uh, my sleeper pick for wide receiver was LaVisca Chenault. He had two receptions for negative three yards. Uh, he had a big drop late in the game, too. It would have would have set them up for, for points, for sure. Uh, it definitely hurts his stock. Two receptions having negative three yards. <laughs> Non-PPR league, that's negative points, obviously. But even a PPR league, that's 1.7. That's not what you need, especially a, a guy that 
had big expectations coming to the season with a rookie quarterback. I mean, yeah, you thought this guy was going to be a good pickup because he was going to be a slot receiver, and rookies like to throw it to the tight ends, the running backs, and the slot receivers right away. You're not really going to see many rookie quarterbacks throw it to their big wideouts right away. So you thought this guy was going to be really good investment. This guy was being picked up in the eighth, ninth round of drafts. I was surprised about that. I thought it was kind of a reach, but I haven't seen him produce yet what he was supposed to perform yet. Yep. And my my other wrong pick was Gronk. I had Gronk as my bust. I didn't think he was going to repeat what he did on opening night. And, man, was I really off on that. Another two-touchdown <laughs> game. It seems like every red zone target is going to Gronk. I know that Evans had two touchdowns as well. But Brady loves throwing to the guy. And they look like they're, they're back in sync. Last year is looking like more of the the strange year than this. This seems more normal for them. And I don't know anyone that could stop the connection or stop the Bucks offense at this point. Yeah, this Bucks offense like is really good. Especially that passing game. You have so many weapons on that passing game now where I would be worried to play against them all the time. You could cover Gronk, great. They have Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown. You got to cover them. You could stop Evans, great. Go ahead, stop Gronk then. Short game or Leonard Fournette. Like he's got so many weapons on his team. I am. I don't know how you're gonna beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, it's gonna be a long shot here. Yep, and we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we'll see if what time do they play? Four o'clock today. Four twenty-five. Yeah, they play around that time. Yeah, so we'll see then. Okay, so my two picks where I was wrong on, I had Joe Burrow as my sleeper pick. That was not a great pick at all if you played him this week and <laughs> last week. You had three picks, not just three picks. He had the three picks in a row, and then he had two. He did get two touchdowns at the end, but he only got like about 200 yards passing that game. They were not throwing. They were not pushing that ball at all. They were like always stopped. Like they couldn't even move the ball at all until the end of that game. Right, and they kind of moved the ball in a, that prevent style defense, which I always hate. Oh, I hate to prevent. It never worked. So, what are you preventing them to doing? Just stick to your game plan. I don't get it. And even they did play prevent. They threw a deep ball. They still got the touchdown grab. Yeah. It's, I hate to prevent defense. What else you got? My other bust here was Jarvis Landry. Mm-hmm. But Jarvis Landry was not the right call. I thought that they were playing not a strong defense, and there was no EBJ. I would think this guy would put up more numbers than he did. He only had one reception, nine yards that game. Yeah, I mean, obviously he got hurt. And he got came yeah, out of the game. I know but, he got hurt and that stuff, but still, I think that was one half though. He put up only one reception, nine yards. Yeah, I, I thought he would have a, a little better performance in a half for sure. It, it would have been nice to see how he came out in the second half. But Baker didn't have a great game. He's kind of been off. I wonder if Odell coming back today will help him. 
maybe spread the field a little bit more with potential deep ball throws, stuff like that. But we'll see what happens. But here's a fun fact about that game, though. Yeah, he's not throwing it great to his wideouts and stuff. He still threw it to 10 different targets in that game. Completed it to 10 different targets. Yeah, that's that's pretty impressive itself. For sure. So they do mix the ball around to everybody. It's not just one guy that they throw it to. Yeah, but one of the biggest knocks is that Baker thrives without Odell because they're not force-feeding him. So I'm concerned that when he comes back, they're going to try to force-feed Odell a little bit. But it's worked without doing that. So hopefully they just stick to their game plan. But, again, we'll see how they come out. Yeah, we'll see. If they're targeting Odell 11 times, 12 times in this game, you know maybe they're doing that force-feeding stuff again. And in the past, it just hasn't worked out well. Absolutely. So let's move over to this week's sleeper and bus picks. And I'll kick it off with a quarterback. My sleeper pick this week is Jalen Hurts. I think Jalen Hurts has potential to to put up top 10, maybe even top five numbers this week against Dallas' defense. I know that... The Eagles' offense has been kind of hit or miss. Last week, they did not have a great week. The week before against Atlanta, which Atlanta has a historically bad defense, he went off. And I think Jalen Hurts has that ability to scramble, rush for touchdowns, get those rushing yards for you. On top of it, I think that they're going to be down in this game, so he's going to have to throw. He's going to get those yards for you. I think he's a good player this week. I mean, I like Jalen Hurts, too, just because he can produce passing yards. He can produce rushing yards. I was actually surprised about Cowboys' defense last week against the Chargers. Let's see how that goes. And that was without uh, DeMarcus Lawrence, too. They did put up good numbers. I mean, they did put up a good defense against Justin Herbert and the Chargers. So let's see how they do in the divisional game against the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, that's two pretty good performances in a row. I know they, they had a decent performance against Tampa, even though they lost that game. People were impressed with their defense. They seem like they're very fast. Micah Parsons looks like he's an absolute steal where they got him. Oh, yeah. But hopefully this is going to be a close game because I, I, I'm i not a fan of either team, and I just like to see close games, shootouts, stuff like that. Last week, I barely saw the Eagles – 49er game because there were just so few scoring opportunities from either side that when you're sitting there and you're watching a red zone channel, you barely see them because it just wasn't that kind of game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this one's going to be a good one on Monday night for sure. All right, what do you got as a sleeper? All right, for my sleeper, I got Daniel Jones home today against Atlanta. I like him this week. They're playing a crappy defense. They're going to be throwing the ball a decent amount of times if Barkley can't produce his running game. Well, and Daniel Jones can run the ball as well. This team is not a good defense, and I can see Daniel Jones putting up really good numbers this week against Atlanta. Yeah, Daniel Jones really impressed me last week against Washington, which was regarded as one of the better defenses coming into the year. Obviously, they haven't performed the best. But Daniel Jones beat them in both ways, both on the ground and through the air. 
throwing the ball, he really impressed me. Running the ball, he I, I think that he's a little underrated as a runner. He's very fast. You can see him outrun everybody as soon as he gets to the edge. I think playing Atlanta, it's a great defense for this. I think that if they're up big, though, they're going to be running a lot, which doesn't mean that Daniel Jones won't be running. I just think that they're going to stick to a game plan of getting ahead early and then running the clock out to get that win. They're 0-2. They need a win. Absolutely, they need a win. What I also like about Daniel Jones is he does spread the ball around, too. He likes giving it to Sterling Shepard. He gave the ball a good amount to Darius Slayton. I can see a couple of passes also to Kenny Galladay if he plays this week. Yeah, I think Shepard is his guy, right? He he always finds Shepard's on a, on a big third down. He always looks his way. That's his guy. And if for some miracle he's available in your leagues, find him, get him, put him on your team. And if he's... If he's on your bench this week, I think that he's a great play this week, too. Uh, my bust pick for quarterback is Ryan Tannehill. Uh, Ryan Tannehill has not had a great season so far. He was robbed of a touchdown last week with Julio Jones, but Derrick Henry stole the show. It looked like they were going to lose to Seattle until Derrick Henry just couldn't be tackled. Also, he's playing the Colts, and historically, he does not play well against the Colts. And Tim, I know we spoke about this yesterday, but Tannehill does not play that great against the Colts. And if this was a game that he had to show, he has to show like, oh, I'm here, it's going to be this one. But I think they're just going to be way too reliant on the ground game because Derrick Henry looks like he's, you know, end of the season form Derrick Henry where he just goes off. Last week, he, that's who he looked like. And if he's going to be like that today, Tannehill is going to be robbed of more touchdowns because Derrick Henry is just going to carry people into the end zone. It's insane. Like, this guy could put on, like, another gear with a snap of the finger, and he produces so much better. Like, the second half, I feel like he gets even stronger than he does in the first two quarters. It's kind of crazy. He only put up, like, probably 40, 50 yards rushing in the first half. Second half, he puts up 160 yards in the second half. Mm-hmm. Like, how the heck does that even happen? You're supposed to be, like, more energetic in the first few quarters, not the last two quarters. Well, that's what makes him so tough. But it's what makes him uh, a potential number one pick every single year. But who do you got at your bust? My bust, I got Aaron Rodgers this week. Okay. Against San Fran. They, he always has a rough game against San Fran. Right well, now, their left tackle, first two strings are out. They're playing with a third string left tackle. So I'm worried whoever's going to be on that side, first thing that guy there. Aaron Rodgers is going to be under pressure, I feel like, almost all game. And I don't know. I don't see him having that great of a game this week against San Fran. Yeah, honestly, I love that pick. I think I think when you look at his performance against San Francisco, when you have a healthy defensive line last year when they played San Francisco, Bosa was out. Uh, obviously, Buckner's gone at that point. Buckner's always given him problems when they play. Solomon Thomas was out. That I think there were three or four members of the defense, the starting defensive line out 
yeah. for that game. And you saw Green Bay just rolled over them. And that was without Jimmy G as well. So they didn't really play from behind. That was without the offense as well, yeah. No Kittle, no Mostert, no G- Jimmy G. It was So I definitely could see it being a bust pick this week. He doesn't perform great in San Francisco against them. And I agree. Thank you. Thank you for agreeing with me. <laughs> Let's move to running back. Who's your sleeper? My sleeper this week, I got Tyson Williams for the Ravens. Okay. Well, we've seen the first two weeks. Their rushing defense is not a good defense. They're not great against the running backs. I think the Detroit defense gives up the most fancy points against running backs in the league right now. Elijah Mitchell had a like a monster game week one. Aaron Jones had a four-touchdown game week two. This is, could be a game where you see Tyson Williams get two, three touchdowns here. Yeah, honestly, it's gotten to the point that if you own Tyson Williams or Lamar Jackson, you know that you're getting 70-plus rushing yards a game. Right, Tyson Williams, 65 yards, one touchdown week one, 76 yards last week. And he's getting touches. He's getting carries. Lamar is the leader of that team. He'll always have more rushes, more yards. But 77 yards on 13 carries. I think if you own Tyson Williams right now, he's a must start. He's that guy that might win you a league because you picked him up on waivers to add to your running back group. So, Tyson Williams, I agree, is – I don't know if he's even a sleeper anymore, but he's going to be a guy that outperforms what he was projected at the beginning of the year towards the end, and he's a must-start at this point. All right, my, what do you have? My sleeper is Saquon. Now, you had him as a bust last week. You start talking talking about him when we're talking about right and wrong. He has a good matchup this week. If there was any week to show, hey, I'm back, I'm 100% healthy, and this is my offense again, it's this week against Atlanta. I know Atlanta hasn't given up that many rushing yards. Most of the touchdowns have come through the air. Most of the success has come from the quarterback. So I think this is a get-right game for Saquon. He has been great. He had that one 41-yard run. And when I saw that in the first half, I was sitting there watching the game like, oh, man, if Tim might be wrong about that, that bust pick. But he didn't do anything the rest of the game. If he can get right today, have about 100 yards, have a touchdown or two, I think everyone will start getting excited again. Yeah. And also, people were worried about the knee injury. He had 10 days rest, and you saw him put up the numbers. When you see him get more and more rushing yards every game, you get more excited about him, get more confident. He had 10 days rest on that knee. He should be more healthier than that last game, and I can see him put up a great game against him. Yep. So for my for my bus pick, I have someone here that I really like in the, the grand scheme of the season, and I drafted him in a lot of my leagues, and it's Antonio Gibson. Now, Antonio Gibson has been solid for Washington. He hasn't put up these crazy numbers. He's not going to be in the top five of your league right now. But he's been solid, and he's a solid number one back. A lot of people took him in the second, third round. But he's playing Buffalo. 
And Buffalo's an interesting case. If you look through the first two weeks, even in the game that they lost to Pittsburgh, Najee Harris only had 45 yards. Starting running back had 45 yards. Last week, Gaskin, which you thought that they were going to rely heavily on when Tua went down, had 26 yards rushing, and he was the leading rusher. They don't. They look like a pretty stout defense for the rushing attack, and I'm curious if it's going to last. Heineke has been pretty good, considering last week he was pretty good, but I can see Gibson not putting up as many yards as people expect him to. Yeah, I believe Buffalo D is a very strong rushing defense, especially, especially now that you took two defensive end picks in this year's draft, that defensive line has looked almost impossible to get through the rushing game. Yep. So who do you got? For me, I have Joe Mixon this week. One against Pittsburgh. Okay. We've seen the first two weeks with Pittsburgh D. They haven't played the best running backs of all. They played Singletary and King and Drake. But they haven't produced a lot of rushing yards, and that Pittsburgh D is still a pretty solid defensive line. Even without TJ Watt, I think they're still a strong defensive team. I think that game is going to be mainly relying on their passing attack. They're not going to be running the ball as much with Joe Mix as they want to this week. And you saw it last week, too. He didn't put up great numbers against a good Bears defensive line. I don't know if he's going to do the same thing this week either against Pittsburgh. Yeah, Joe Mixon was not great last week. Three and a half yards a carry, 69 yards. He was only targeted twice in the passing game, one reception, two yards. From a fantasy standpoint, it's not a great game for someone that you're probably taking in the higher second round. Right, Joe Mixon? Mm-hmm. It's, it's not great. But week one, I think he had a great game. Week one, he was 127 yards, a touchdown on the ground and they were feeding him or they gave him 29 carries. And in the passing game, he caught four passes for 23 yards on four targets. So it looks like Joe Burrow likes getting him involved. They were obviously down in this game. I know it was 17, 20, but the Bengals scored two touchdowns late to make it close. It was 20 to three with six minutes and 40 seconds to go in the game. So Joe Mixon was not going to be involved in the offense at that point. Realistically, he had three quarters to be involved. So 69 yards and three quarters is not terrible. I, I am curious to see how how Pittsburgh does because Vegas didn't have Josh Jacobs, their number one, and the game was kind of back and forth. I've been really impressed with Vegas too and Derek Carr. And then week one, you're playing one of the worst running back groups in the league in Buffalo because they just don't run the ball. And Singletary had 72 yards. I think uh, it's an interesting pick. I'm, I'm curious to see what happens. Absolutely, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so moving to wide receiver. Uh, as my sleeper, I have K.J. Osborne from Minnesota. Okay. He was the leading receiver last week, nine, uh, 91 yards and a touchdown. He's averaging 85 yards per game in an offense with Thielen and Justin Jefferson. We know Dalvin Cook is out for this game. 
Kirk Cousins is going to have to throw more. And Osborne seems like his guy right now. I know Thielen's getting a lot of targets. Jefferson's been involved as well. But Osborne has the most yards per game on the team. He's been targeted a good amount. Nine receptions the week before. I see him being consistent. It's someone that you might want to consider picking up if he's still available. I know that after last week, he might not be available. But if you have him, it's an interesting play this week, maybe in your flex. That's a pretty good call. I actually like that one. For my sleeper this week, I have Tyler Boyd this week. Okay. All right. We know that T. Higgins is not going to be playing this week against Pittsburgh. And if we don't see Joe Mixon putting up good numbers or anything, you're going to have to rely on Joe Burrow throwing to either Tyler Boyd or Jamar Chase all game. So I can definitely see Tyler Boyd putting up good numbers this week, definitely against Pittsburgh for sure. Yeah, I like that. I'm a big fan of Tyler Boyd. I think that he gets overlooked because of the young talent, T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. Tyler Boyd has always been reliable. He always seems like he's open when he, when uh, Joe Burrow or previously Andy Dalton needed a big completion. He always seemed like he was open. I Yeah, I'm a big fan of that pick. All right. My bust this week is actually going to be a little bit more surprising. My bust this week, I'm going to say Mike Williams. It's going to be oh, my boy. bust. Interesting. Yeah. I feel like that this is going to be mainly a Keenan Allen game or Austin Eckler. And you see him put up great numbers usually. But usually in the second, in the next game, he usually doesn't put up good numbers at all. He barely puts up a reception or two. So I definitely could see that flow continuing for him. And I think this is going to be the game where he doesn't get that many yards against Kansas City. Yeah, it certainly could. I I think he's the most targeted wide receiver in football right now through two weeks. So obviously if that continues, I, I don't like that pick. But Kansas City is not the easiest place to play. Marquise Brown had a good game. Uh, wondering if this is going to be the game that Keenan Allen breaks out. I know he's been consistent. He's been good. He's still a very viable fantasy option. Mike Williams has been that red zone guy. He's the bigger body. He's the bigger target. He gets a lot of those those deep balls, too. I I like the, the reach on that, Tim. Yeah, well. You can't always take chalk. You always got to take a gamble with something. <laughs> yeah, of course. My bust this week is going to be Cortland Sutton. And the the main reason why is I think that Denver is going to be up in this game pretty handily. They're not going to be throwing very much. I think this is the, the game where you see the, the Gordon-Javante Williams combo just running down the throat of the Jets' defense – their team's just not good. It's not built to win now. It. I don't even know when it's built to win, to be honest. And Cortland Sutton had a monster game. A huge amount of targets. But I just don't see them throwing it that much. I don't know if he's going to have a terrible game. I just don't think he's going to have a repeat performance of that because I just don't think they're throwing as much. I mean, I could agree with you. I don't think they're going to be throwing 
as much of Corbin Sunday. I don't think he's going to be putting up the same numbers. But I can still see him putting up a 60, 70-yard game in this one, which that wouldn't be that bad if you get, like, five, six receptions in it. So I can see him still putting up a decent game, for, even though they'll be up by a lot. And I know they're playing, again, a terrible defense. They have an easy first three weeks out of anyone I've seen so far. Oh, their schedule has been a cakewalk. It's been unreal. Obviously, they're going to have tough matchup because they have to play the AFC West twice. It's their division. And they're also matched up with the AFC North. So they are playing Baltimore. They're playing the Clevelands. They're playing Pittsburgh. Those, those are not easy games. So right now they're getting all the easy stuff out of their system, essentially which is a good thing and bad thing because they're not tested going into these tough games, for one. And it's a good thing because if you do make mistakes, you can still win these games and you can make it right. If you're playing a tougher opponent and you make a couple mistakes, that's it. The game's over. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. All right, so moving to tight end. My sleeper pick this week is actually Jared Cook. I think... In this game, the Chiefs are going to try to take out someone like Mike Williams. Just gets a ton of targets. I think Jared Cook is going to be that safety net for Herbert if they're trying to, to eliminate the deep ball, eliminate those big plays. I think Jared Cook has potential here to get a ton of targets. Maybe eat up some of those Mike Williams targets. You got him as that sleeper, uh, as that bust for a wide receiver. I think Jared Cook will be the one taking those targets if they're reduced on Mike Williams' side. I definitely do like the Jared Cook pick here. I think the Chiefs' D has been pretty strong against tight ends, really. I mean, Mark Andrews had a decent game, five or seven, 57 yards. I think the tight ends in Cleveland had an okay game, too. So I actually do like this pick this week for you. Cool. What do you got? All right, for me, I'm going to say Logan Thomas will be my sleeper this week against Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Like you said, the Gibson, you don't know, is going to have a strong game against that D because that defensive line is really strong. I think they're going to have Tredavious White all over Terry McLaurin that entire game because you know you, if you're stopping McLaurin, you're most likely going to win that game. So they're, if they want to have a shot, they got to rely on other people. And that's where I see Logan Thomas stepping in here. I feel like he's going to do okay. He'll put up some good numbers. And I could definitely see him as a sleeper pick here this week. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I know he had a bad game against the Giants. But I, I like that pick, too. Okay. Um, and I'll go with the bus here. My bus pick I have here is Mike Gesicki this week. Um, we saw Brissett's second-half performance against Buffalo. It wasn't great, and yes, I know that the Buffalo D is a very good defense in that stuff. I am actually surprised at how good that Vegas defensive line has looked, though. I feel like they are getting to the quarterback. They are pressuring him a lot. Fourth most quarterback pressure in the league right now in the first two weeks. Max Crossy, Solomon Thomas are playing pretty well there. And I don't know if they're going to get a lot of targets to Mike Kosicki as they want to. 
it's going to be pretty hard for them this week. Yeah, I. Uh, but my whole thing is I don't even know if saying Mike Kosicki's not going to have a good game is a bust at this point. What a backup quarterback. Even last week, he didn't have a good game. The week before, he had a terrible game. Going to week three, having two bad games – I, I don't know if I could label it as a bust if he has a bad game. I think that's maybe just expected at this point. All right. What do you got? Here I have Kyle Pitts. Now, Kyle Pitts has been okay so far. Right? Last week he did lead the Falcons in receiving yards, 73, in a complete shootout. Falcons had to throw the ball almost the entire game. But they had opportunity towards the end before Matt Ryan threw two pick sixes and consecutive drives, which to the same person, which is pretty unbelievable. They're, the Falcons are pretty historically bad, particularly their defense. They've given up the most points in NFL history through two games. And do you know who they beat out for that? Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> the Falcons last year gave up <laughs> the most points in NFL history through two weeks. And then the Falcons this year gave up more than that. So it's it's pretty amazing that their defense is that bad. So they should be down again. They should be throwing. You would think Kyle Pitts is going to be super active if they're throwing. They've been down the entire season. Kyle Pitts, four receptions, 31 yards in week one. Five receptions, 73 yards in week two. So he, he added to both of those. But the Giants didn't give up a lot of tight end points last week to Logan Thomas, which was a huge target for Heineke the year before. And with a young quarterback, you expect him to target the tight end a little bit more. Logan Thomas had a bad game. Yeah, he did have a bad game. And, yeah, I absolutely agree that I don't feel like he's going to have a good game as well this week. Yeah, so my pick's Kyle Pitts. And it's tough to, to sit a guy that you took like in the third round, a tight end that you took in the third round. It's tough to, to bench him. So it really depends on what your other options are. That goes for anything. If Antonio Gibson is your RB1 or he's your RB2 and then you took three receivers in a row, so your RB3 is... I don't know, Miles Gaskin or someone. I, yeah, obviously stick with Gibson. Gibson gives you the potential for a big play. He'll get the red zone carries, we think, over McKissick because McKissick had the red zone carries last week for some reason. But we expect that someone like Gibson will get those. So it, it really depends on what your roster is looking like. If Cortland Sutton is your wide receiver too by a mile, you're playing Cortland Sutton. Absolutely, yeah, for sure. Okay, so that wraps up our week three predictions for sleeper bust for the major positions and where we were right and where we were wrong on some of our picks last week. But stay tuned. We're going to do this every single week, but we're also going to have another podcast later today which is going to go into our games to watch, a little bit of a Thursday night recap, and a segment that I want to start doing, which is the rookie of the week. But I'll catch you guys on the next one.